No, not really. You are a fat piece of shit. You're listening to Epic Cheat Day with your host, Derek Strong. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly... This morning? Yes. I'm going to bottom out. Today is like, I think, my bottoming out day. (laughs) It's February 20-something. Yeah. I'm thinking this is the day where I get the fattest I'm going to be. And by the way, can you start randomly? Because I like, I like, you know, I like any conversations while they're hot. So keep going. So my thought is basically today is a good day to be become as fat as I can. Yeah. And then tomorrow, hopefully, we'll start a new cycle. Because usually I ebb and ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, I tend. That's to how like, I do it too. Like I I'll, think every person who has a love hate relationship with food. Yeah. There's there's an ebb and flow to the relationship, kind of like an abusive relationship. It's Pretty such much, an abusive and, relationship. It's like you get. Closer to the source of the abuse, and then you repel from it. Absolutely. And then once you get a certain distance, the craziest part is you miss it. You do. Because it's so comforting. And that's what you know. And so trying to navigate this strange world of, you know, non negative feelings. Guys who are just who are wondering what we're fucking talking about, I have Rob Andrews here. Welcome to the Epic Cheat Day podcast. I, of course, am Derek Strong. I got my boy Rob here. Rob is an improviser, a stand-up comedian, a lawyer, and a hell of an individual. We're talking about what kind of fucking gluttons we're going to be when we hit up this dim sum place after doing this podcast episode. And by the way, guys, in case you want to really get on this podcast earlier, do what Rob did. Hit me up and tell me you're gonna fucking bribe me with food it works at my open mic trevor cook actually bought his way to a better spot with white castle um and was another comic did that too i can't remember who it was and rob's doing it with dim sum and guys i don't care what it is you want to take me to an ethiopian spot we're fucking eating ethiopia we're eating fufu with our hands god damn it <laughs> anybody who has eaten ethiopian food knows what the fuck fufu is rob <laughs> True or false, yes or no, people should be eating more Ethiopian food. Um, 100%. 100%. Most most geneticists, I think, agree that the modern Homo sapien population came from North or Northeastern Africa, which essentially makes Ethiopia the cradle of Homo sapiens. So the idea that human beings can exist on earth now with all the access to media all the access to you know information and have not been exposed to ethiopian it's like um it just it boggles my mind it's almost like if you if you were to go to someone and say um i've never tried italian food people would lose their minds right because of rome because of the history of italians in the united states but no one thinks anything of it if someone tells you, oh, I've never had, I've, I've actually never had Ethiopian. Matter of fact, I've never had African food in general. And it's like, you know what? All food stems from <laughs> Africa. Here's, here's what Rob's trying to say. I'm going to summarize this in a very, very clear and distinct way. Basically, uh, when you're eating Ethiopian food, you are sucking on the tit of your great, 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 grandmother. Okay? And you are not suckling hard enough. You need to suckle on that delicious teat known as Ethiopian cuisine. We have some amazing spots here in Chicago, especially in Uptown. I want to try Ethiopia Diamond. That's the spot that looks like the fucking most Ethiopian Diamond is great. Damaris is great. I don't want to speak negatively of any Ethiopian places. 
places, but the place we went, which I'll let you decide if you want to share. Yeah. Um, to me, that's an under the radar spot. So it's the kind of spot where they don't have enough customers where like they still recognize my face, even though I've maybe <laughs> been there like four times. Um, but it's mom and pop. It's like you can just feel like the, uh, you know, the, the immigrant story bleeding from <laughs> the walls. I showed Into you the, your food. They, they yes. didn't show it the music videos when you were there, but they will. They have a satellite feed that goes That's to awesome. a TV station in Ethiopia and it plays Ethiopian music videos, which you hadn't had the chance to take a look at. You should definitely check out any of your audience. I'm sure will feel better about their own home movies. Because, um, yeah, Ethiopian music videos. But it's where it's at for that. I think the modern hipster needs more places or more uh, cultures that they could exploit and fucking put on the walls in their highly overpriced fucking uh, uh, gastropubs. Um, speaking of which, you know why they remember you? And this is one thing, one fact about Rob <laughs> that goes without saying. This is a fact. Okay, this isn't a matter of opinion. Everybody who hangs out with Rob sees Rob, Rob talks to Rob, say that he looks like one celebrity and one celebrity alone. He looks like Vince Vaughn. And uh, has that worked to your benefit? You know, I'm sh I'm sure it hasn't hurt. I'm sure it hasn't hurt. And I love that you're, you're jumping on the hard-hitting questions right oh, yeah, away. We're going deep, baby. We go deep on the Epic Cheat Day Podcast. Hit me up. Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> Guys, send me messages. Send me nudes. Send me nudes of your grandma. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I think the, the weird thing about looking like someone who is both famous and rich when you are neither famous nor, nor rich, rich, it's like the associations that people have in their head sometimes can get like uh you know attached to me as an individual so for example like if i go to an open mic yeah. and no one knows who i am no one knows what my day job is no one knows anything about me they are still i think likely to assume i'm a little bit pompous a little bit loud you know a privileged person yeah. they can't put their their you know finger on exactly how i'm privileged but they know i'm privileged they know, you're privileged. They know i'm privileged and they don't like it yeah. out of the gate I, <laughs> I never met you before, but I don't like you. And guys, here's the thing. Stop privilege shaming. Really. Just stop doing it in general. That's the moral of the story. And, it could, and all the things that Rob is saying couldn't be further from the truth. You need to, If you see him at open mic, sit down, have a conversation with him. He's one of the coolest people to talk to and just chill, man. He's, he is like Vince Vaughn and looks only because Vince Vaughn is far more off-putting and fucking annoying. And Rob is not. Rob's just cool, man. He's just cool. Well, I also give bribes, so don't forget that part. And if you want to circle back to the, you. to the... If you're running a mic and a stranger walks in who looks kind of like Vince Vaughn, who maybe he may seem impatient. You may think this fucking asshole probably wants to get bumped up because he has some six-figure job to get to in the morning. He's going to tell me some sob story. I'm not going to tell you a sob story. I'm just going to say, what do you want to drink? It's called capitalism. Or that's eat. the way it works. Okay? Or eat. And that's not a slight to anyone else that's there. And I don't think that that is a bad thing to share if you are a person who happens to be experiencing good fortune. I say good fortune because I've stayed employed this whole time. So I feel like one Bravo. of the luckiest... One of the luckiest people on earth. Um, I feel, and by the way, conversely, I feel like the one of the luckiest people on earth because I'm unemployed right now and making way more money than when I was employed. So well, uh, you know, that's pretty fortunate too. I will. I, I. This is one of the things that's so crazy to me is that um, human beings get shamed for taking advantage of the economic system that's in place. Yeah, but nobody ever shames a business 
When no. a business lays off 10% of the workforce yeah. or when a business incorporates in another country so they don't pay taxes. Yeah. Or when a business, you know, files for bankruptcy and and disgorges their pension obligations that they may have exactly. promised to employees. Nobody shames those businesses. Because I know I business as usual, and I'm doing air quotes. I'm doing this like it's a visual medium. Air quotes, right? Business as usual. People just say it's a matter of course. And I think part of it, too, unfortunately, is um, there's a lack of education and awareness about what large multinational corporations really do to not just survive, but to thrive. You know, there were years when... Large companies, I probably shouldn't say their names because for all I know, my job represents them. But, <laughs> um, but there That's are a lot nice of companies that have, that have played fast and loose with the tax system. We can talk about, you know, 45 would be an easy example. Yeah. But, you know, you look at your average person who, you know, commits some type of, uh, you know, welfare fraud, claims a kid that isn't theirs. Yeah. You know, maybe they get an extra five grand for the year and they're not, the feds are on top of that. Well, Meanwhile, you have property I just, people. I just, I just, I just want to just, just tell you this real quick story because it's like it's, it's perfect for this. So there was a customer who used to come into Jewel all the time, right during the day. So I worked overnight, but every now and then I take a day shift. Um, my manager, we saw, we see her in line. It's a long line. My manager sees her. She calls me over. She's just like, "Look, this customer's going to try to pass off fake coupons, right?" Okay, so I'm like, "Fine." Uh, and I know what fake coupons look like. Believe the, the you know you work there for a week. You people try that shit all the time, right? So she had like forty five dollars on her bill, right? She had maybe forty dollars of which were in fake coupons. Like the thing, like the coupons she was giving me was like for, worth forty dollars stuff. I'm like, listen, no matter what you give me, I'm not taking it. I don't care if. I, and I, my boss was just like, holy shit, I was that aggressive with it. She was like, fine, right? She pays with her link card, leaves. My manager calls me over. She's like, yeah, here's another thing you should know about her. Shows me her link card balance. It was $11,000. Good Lord. Nobody knows how she's done it. Now, here's the other thing with Link. is like Link also carries over. So it could be that she saved up for an extended right. time. But nobody believes that. So, yeah, that's... Uh, well, here's the thing. The, the irony is the way the system is designed. Yeah. It's designed to catch little fish like that. It is. $11,000 sounds like a lot, yeah. but it's not like she went into a bank and put a gun in a teller's face and said, give me $11,000. we are talking about $11,000 in food credits. Yes. Food that must be eaten. Yes. Food that might be thrown away if it wasn't eaten. Well, so, I've been, And I've been on... When I was uh, back in the... Back in the... Uh, early aughts i was on i was on every program that you can imagine so i was on section eight i was on food stamps i got welfare and then that led to me getting uh social security right uh, which is ssi supplemental security mm-hmm. income which is a different branch of social security in general so it's the p the th- one thing that i could say without a shadow of a doubt is they have so many things in place in terms of just vetting people, in terms of being able to figure out to get the people who are scamming out as much as possible, they do. They have like so many stop gaps between like, okay, well, you didn't make one appointment, you're done. You don't have any, you don't have any benefits anymore. So they do have like these. They do um, do that. 
they do do that, but there are people, there's loopholes to anything, okay? Of course. So, like, of uh, course. for example, you were saying that's in food credit, right? So, in New York, I don't know if they did this in Chicago, they do what's called 7 for 10. Bodegas would do this. Oh, yeah. Shitty yeah. grocery stores. Give so me like, $10 in your food credits. Your food I'll get 10 from the government. Yeah. I'll give you $7 worth of booze. $7 worth of booze. In Chicago, I they do it for cash. With mine, they'll they'll so, trade yeah. it straight up for cash. I'll yeah. buy you $100 worth of groceries. You give me $50 cash. Why I know do you somebody need the who cash? got a VCR. You know, it's, yeah, it's. It's a, totally a thing. So, and you know, hopefully they held on to because VCRs are worth money. I don't know if you know that now. But <laughs> I they're didn't coming know back. that. Are they really now that the now? woke hipsters find it cool? Pretty soon, you know those uh, the real ones. Yeah, the real, the real. Those are going to be back. It's time to buy those well, now. Before I, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> I have a comedian friend who also dabbles in music, and they released their album on cassette. I love it. Yeah, I love it. How awesome it. is that? Yeah. That comic is such a genius get for doing that. Get your Walkmans now. Get your boomboxes now. Yeah. If you see oh, them totally. at a garage sale, get them now. Hold it. Wait till the nostalgia train pulls in the station. Retro and then video count your games? Money. Huge money in retro video games I right now. I bought several video games more than once. Yeah. Because I had them when I was, you know, nine years old. And the nostalgia of it, it's like you want that familiarity. Back to abusive relationships and relationships with food, same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, to, to just finish kind of our, our uh, digression on the uh, on taking advantage of, of assistance programs, um, I don't think anyone would say that, you know, people cheating the system is good um, in any system, whether it's immigration, whether it's food, you know, uh, assistance programs, whether it's rent assistance programs. But the irony, again, is to me, the people who get shamed are, you know, that woman who may have had yeah. 11,000. I'm guessing she didn't roll up in a Cadillac. She didn't roll up in a, you know, she's not going back to her million dollar condo on Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, no, I mean, if she's, she's getting she's a woman over, who, she's, she's, you know, the fact that she's using coupons or shit to get over. She's yeah. getting a little extra food and still probably living in poverty. Meanwhile, yeah. I read in the Tribune this morning, $38 billion in yeah. fraud for unemployment. For, and for um, for the various COVID programs, uh, you know, George Floyd got killed over a fake twenty dollar bill. Yeah, I hope they for thirty eight billion at least somebody dies. I Duh, mean, you, yeah, you think exactly. if if you were to if you yeah, divide thirty eight billion, extrapolate yeah twenty dollars to thirty that's a lot. He of got people killed who over a fake twenty. Extrapolate that over thirty eight billion, billion, and you dollars. tell me how many people should be executed for this shit. Now, you know what? That brings up a good point about you. See, now, people, you have to understand something. Rob is a lawyer right now. You work in the private sector now, obviously. Back um, in the private sector. But when he was a litigator, litigators are, for people who don't know what a litigator is, a litigator is a, are like the actual cool lawyers that you see on TV, the dramatized lawyers that talk shit, okay? Which, if you can't tell, Rob is an amazing talker, okay? Because he's been a litigator. But he was fighting on the side of the good guys, okay? So he's done a lot lot of good guy fight have you done any bad guy fighting before have you have you fought for the dirt bags uh well like i said that's why i didn't want to name any specific companies because they're I, all dirt bags I, look if someone can pay a 26 year old four hundred dollars an hour to work on their legal problems what do you think that tells you about their legal problems about, yeah. about how severe they are about you know, the potential for wrongdoing. Of course, just because you hire a lawyer and pay them doesn't mean you're guilty. Yeah. But if you hire one of the top law firms in the country and you're spending 100000 a month, 200000 a month, 
My guess is, yeah, there's probably some fire to support the smoke. Oh, totally. Um, and, and you know, again, another thing about this country, nobody thinks twice about companies have a right to defend themselves against these allegations. Companies have a right to pay fines and settle an allegation without admitting wrongdoing. Yeah. Try doing that shit for DUI. <laughs> Nobody Try saying, Judge, them. I tell you what, I'll give you five grand. Yeah. And let's just say I don't admit it, I did anything wrong. So yeah. my insurance doesn't go. Try see how far that gets you in any state in the union. It's not happening. It's not happening. So if if I work for the bad guy it, it is the point. But, um, you know, but you didn't I, always work for the bad guy. right? Well, I didn't always work for the bad guy. And I will say that the organization I'm with now, they do a lot to help people that are struggling. That's one of the marketing, you know, um, that's one of the things they market themselves on to uh, prospective employees. Yeah. It's like, is this something you care about? If you do care about that, then this might be a good home for you. And you got on board because, partially because of that, right? Partially because of that. Also, you know, I was on unemployment. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about yeah. um, I was on unemployment and I had kept an Indiana driver's license for years because yeah. I just never switched over. I inherited my dad's car from him and he was living in Indiana. We have the same name. Yeah. So Andres is my middle name. My last name's Aponte. So my dad's Robert Aponte. I'm Robert Aponte. That's why I went by Bobby as a kid. And yeah. why Facebook, I didn't want, you know, cross-pollinating. Um, but the, uh, I was collecting unemployment. I was doing contract jobs at the time. And I forget if I had accepted a new job or whatever, but I get this letter in the mail. And basically, Illinois Unemployment said I owed them $10,000. Wow. And I'm like, $10,000. First of all, I didn't have $10,000 at that time. This yeah. is, you know, eight years ago. And I was still in basically living in poverty because of paying off student loans. Yeah. Um, so I go to the IDES and they said, well, you have this Indiana driver's license. How do we know you're an Illinois resident? And I'm thinking to myself, this is why people hate the government. <laughs> exactly. Where did I earn the money, you dumb fuck? Exactly. You can track it with the W-2 that I, has my address on am it. I How filing, about am, was I filing for... Uh, in a, you know, unemployment on a job I worked in Indiana <laughs> or was it in Illinois? Were you, pay, were, were you getting taxes deducted from that job yeah, exactly. in Illinois or Indiana? Okay. Which, what, which kid, when kids were eating school lunches off your dollar. Absolutely that's absurd. Up. And so, by the way, I, that's one thing I got so mad at. What was it that I read? Okay, I'm completely blanking right here. Now I'm not. I'm just thinking about fucking dim sum. This is fucked. Up. This is why I should. Oh, eat we're gonna spend. We're gonna spend that money. We're gonna. We're gonna spend that money. And you know what? When I was collecting unemployment, I can definitely remember at least twice of being drunk at one in the morning at like on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And feeling a little bit guilty that like my unemployment at four hundred and twenty dollars a week was more than let's say half the people at. What's a Tuesday room that people liked? Uh, the one in Bucktown. Uh, uh, I was going to say that you need to be a little more specific than that. Bucktown well, Tuesday. Whatever. You know, you're, oh, uh, uh, oh, fucking Lotties. Lotties. Lotties on I was going to say Lotties, yes. Uh, you know, it's that's, weird. That it, is a lot more money than what they're making a week. I went to a, you know, an expensive law school, a highly ranked law school. I'm now collecting unemployment and I'm feeling like a complete failure and I'm in my 30s. Yeah. And you feel bad and then you go to Lottie's and someone is telling you about getting fired from a sandwich shop at $8 an hour and you realize they're only going to get $130 a, a week in yeah. unemployment. And I'm getting more money in unemployment than they got, than they would have gotten working full time. 
Yeah. And, and by the way, I, I it's funny you should say that because right now I'm experiencing that exact same thing with unemployment now with the the uh, it being you know subsidized with federal. I'm getting more with unemployment than I would get working 30 hours at work. So every which cap- is what my schedule typically well, was. What yeah. every capitalist, every i.e. Republican should be saying is you made a smart business decision. Yes. It's weird but when they, they don't on, say that. They seem to take up. it personally. They Almost. get so mad. They're like this. Oh, but you're taking advantage. It's just like, oh, like you guys don't take advantage of shit. You guys don't take it, take advantage of every tax loophole you could possibly take advantage of. And have the money to find new loopholes or have the money to figure out, you know what? This actually is an established law. Yeah. So we can make this decision and do this again, like 45 and fight it and just keep fighting it. And Where then you, eight years go by and you still have a potentially a hundred dollar a hundred million dollar tax verdict against you just hanging out there in the wind. Yeah. Whereas this woman who's showing up with, with the link card with eleven thousand, they've got fucking Scotland Yard on her. Oh yeah. <laughs> she can't even walk in the store. They've got pictures up of her. You know, it's just See, and guys, income disparity, that's something we talk about here at the Epic Cheat Day podcast. You know what we don't do? Okay, we don't like and subscribe to the podcast. I'm going to pimp this shit out of this fucking podcast, buddy. <laughs> like and subscribe to the fucking thing. You guys want to break my balls and pull me aside and tell me what you think I should and shouldn't be doing with the podcast. How about just liking, subscribing, and just hitting play? Don't even listen to the podcast. Get my fucking numbers up, okay? Help me out. How about, how about this? I talk about White Castle so much. Hit up White Castle and be like, listen, sponsor this fucking man. He is your number one pitch man. He loves your product, even though it gives people intestinal worms and aggressive diarrhea. He tells everybody to eat it, and people have eaten it <laughs> off of his back. Fucking hit up White Castle. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Hit me up directly at Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail, Facebook, and Instagram. I don't think you can like and subscribe to podcasts. You absolutely can. Depends on. I'm I think on it YouTube. On, I'm on YouTube. You you can like it I'm and subscribe. I'm to you on YouTube, but you can't do Spotify or some of the other ones some unless ones you, you have an open. account. Yeah. Which always puts me in an awkward spot because there there are podcasts that I'm listening to, and if they don't have a YouTube equivalent, yeah, it's like no, I don't want to join Spotify and SoundCloud and like. Patreon and of all, course just to like something. Well, I mean, it's we still get metrics from the Spotify. So oh, even that's if people awesome. are because like we get like overall there's overall views and then it'll break down the statistics even. See, further, we used so. to try to get metrics in our, our Improv Sunday show, but then we realized we could just look Which at the called? audience. We could just look at the audience and count the empty seats. <laughs> and after a while, we didn't have to count the empty seats. It just became quicker to count the people in the seats and then extrapolate a number like four percent of the seats are filled. Five percent of the. In fact, I should plug at some point the playground show. Plug plug the plug the fucking uh, show. The play. We have a free for all. It's the longest running free form improvised show in Chicago. It's now coming up on fifteen years, and of course, I don't know what to do to count this year or not. So you know, maybe maybe we get for anything. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's okay to 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 hold on to that mantle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But Derek has come and performed stand up. Canute has got to come in. Other friends of yours have got to come. You know your other producers. Well, you have uh, not the name drop. Well, I, didn't I was going to say, uh, aside from improv, they've also, uh, I think, last year was it last year where you brought Pratik on to pr- so produce Pratik for the stand up. Essentially, as yeah. uh, you know, he went from yeah, I can help you produce to like he is the 
production guru and yeah. we kind of switch format where we just do now one uh you know improvised set and then everyone else is stand up and the audience really responded well to it we were really starting to pick up some momentum obviously this stuff has happened uh you know it was Our, great, man. It was one of the most one of the most fun shows that I've ever done in this. Well, we're, we're we're definitely going to put it back on. Um, you know, we've never charged admission yeah. over that whole fifteen years, and I've only been there about maybe six of those years. You know, the oh, last wow. six okay. years, um, it started before me, and some of the people have moved on to like L.A. and New York, and some of them have moved on to like having a house in the suburbs and kids and you know, well, they're, so, they're both dead to me so <laughs> let me ask you something so is the core group remain the same you dan dan and mike so um dan and mike are kind of like the uh the john lennon and paul mccartney uh, i can the totally group. see that and so and dan luby not like dan, dan right dan luby right exactly yeah. uh danny enion um has probably came in around the time i did he had a longtime improvising partner who left um, and then he, we were like, don't stop coming, like come play with us. Um, and we've done that with several other groups, you know, as over the years as people, maybe the, the part of their group has moved on, but we still want them to come play if they, if they feel comfortable doing it. And then the comedians have added a whole new component to it because number one, there's just so much talent in Chicago. And Absolutely. I say this as a person who's been doing open mics for eight years, I know it's hard to get booked. I personally don't make that part of like you know, my strategy as far as growing my comedy, I think the improv and open mics so far have given me enough of an outlet to complain about, you know, income inequality or whatever, whatever it's, woke issue of the, of the week I need to. It's funny you should mention that because up. I had a conversation, an argument with somebody not too long ago where we were talking about comparing what somebody's comedy career is to what somebody else's comedy career is. And I'm like, it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous argument because everybody's doing their own fucking thing. They're using the similar platform, but everybody's doing their own thing. There is a very uh, smart and famous quote, which I will not, I cannot remember, but the, the gist of the quote is essentially the minute you begin to compare, you feel bad about what you have. Yeah. And it can be that you feel bad because you have less, but it can also be that you feel bad because you have more. more. And I'm sure that you, you know, anyone who's performed or in and around town, I'm sure has had the experience where they've seen someone perform and be like, wow, that person is great. Why don't I see them? Why don't I know them? And then, you know, sometimes you don't ever see them again. Sometimes you see them and you realize they're dealing with other life struggles, yes. other life challenges. They maybe, you know, don't have the same, you know, privilege or resources that you do. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think, um, there's a comic who's a close friend of mine. I'm not going to name names, but when I first saw him blew my mind and he had, he was headlining at a smaller show. And I'm like, how is this guy not a national perform? Like, how is he not way bigger than this? How does he not have like, the, uh, you know, maybe not a Netflix deal, but at least like have a character reoccurring role on a comedy central show. How is that possible? And then I started hanging out with him. He's one of my closest friends. So I could bust his balls like this. And then I started hanging out with him. I was like, Oh, it's because he or she, you mean he or she. <laughs> and then when I realized it's like, Oh, cause he's a fucking asshole or That's they why. don't, he's a, don't he's forget they dick. Derek. That's right. I forgot he about or they. she or they. I'm actually, uh, uh, what was I going to say about that? I had something to that, but it, 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 has, it doesn't have legs. The, the, maybe some of the personal, the personal trials and tribulations of the, this person got in the way of their very strong abilities. 
Uh, you see how he lawyer food that shit? Jesus Christ, that is amazing. He took what I said, which was awful, and he's just like, no, let's make it palatable for the masses, and he did that. That's what that's what a good that's what a good lawyer does. He just he's got it's all in the language, and now you sprinkle the little fairy dust on that shit. Yeah, well, that's why uh, Shakespeare said, "Kill all the lawyers." If yeah, you, if you really want to have a revolution, that's why the you know every time the various uh, protests that borderline you know revolts are on TV, I'm always watching like is this the time when they decide to kill all the lawyers so far i've been good you know and and i feel like i'm a low enough rung of lawyer now where it's like i don't under the radar right they're not coming for you i work at a law firm there are people at my law firm a significant number of people who do not know that i am actually a barred up lawyer that is fantastic. So, you Do know, you keep it that way for as long as you can? You know, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I, again, I've kept my job. And th- this is one of those things to go back to the Vince Vaughn thing and about privilege and about people making assumptions. So I also, my family was on assistance when yeah. I was a kid. I got free lunches in school. I got free lunches down the street in, uh, well, not down, far down the street in Bridgeport. I went to elementary school in Bridgeport. And I remember that it was like you either got free lunch or 20 cents or 40 cents. Yeah. And I was free. And I remember being in line and, it, you know, not thinking anything of it until later, yeah. you know, growing into it and being like, oh, I guess like I was supposed to feel ashamed. Like, yeah. I, you know, I felt that way. Like when I was in junior high, like, I, you know, there's the kids who would always bring their lunches and I was getting the free lunch at school. And I was always jealous because like they were getting like, like, oh, man, you got like Lunchables or some, some stupid thing. And it's just like I, I well, and it was weird, too, because in my neighborhood, um the the income range in the upper west side of Manhattan. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's yeah. like it's like you get you have the poorest of poor one block away with, with, from some of the richest motherfuckers you've ever mm-hmm. seen. And we're all going to school together. So it's just like you definitely see like the class divide in the lunchroom. I mean, it's definitely there. So it's funny you say that. And I, I forgot. I, I did not remember where you had gone to like your elementary school years. Yeah. Um, I obviously knew East Coast, but my dad grew up in Spanish Harlem. Okay? Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. And. Yeah, yeah. and so that's like a fun thing to say, but like he had a house. Yeah. You know, like his uh, father, my grandfather, didn't go to college, didn't go to high school, didn't go to junior high, but he joined the Merchant Marines and he ended up being able to afford a house, you know, supporting his kids, their, their education, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, to your point, you know, I know my dad interacted with super wealthy people. You know, and also with very poor people. And I think that that kind of shaped his outlook. And that's one of the things I try to keep in mind, like this woman's story you're telling, or when I read these stories about these kids carjacking. Yeah. Because, of course, my first thought is, I wish I could catch one of these kids and chop them up in little pieces. Yeah. And then just throw the pieces out as a warning to the others. Because that's what I do with cockroaches in my apartment. Yeah. I take one or two cockroaches. I kill them. I make an example of them. And then you And then I them- sprinkle the pieces out to warn the other cockroaches. Are you sure you want to come in my kitchen? You, you know who has a great <laughs> bit just like that? Uh, Abra Benowitz actually Oh, has I stole a- that. No, I'm just Oh, kidding. yeah. <laughs> no, no. He, did, he has a great bit like that. Abram Benevitz, the, the sausage king of Chicago? The sausage king of Chicago. <laughs> that's a Ferris Bueller I, that's reference. That's a Ferris Bueller reference for you fucking kids. For everyone under 35. Yeah. That was before Matthew Broderick had killed someone. Exactly. Uh, I lived, by the way, Upper West Side of Manhattan. I lived right down the block from him. I used to see, yeah, I used to see him and uh, Sarah. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. walking down the street all the time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. New York is... Um, it's weird like I've that. seen a few Christopher famous people Reeve, around. Rest in peace, but he was a dick. 
We used to see him outside of our uh, junior high school. He, he, it's like you live right near two schools. Like it's your fault, buddy. Right, if you're gonna you be around kids. kids. Yeah, exactly. Me. I, there are places I have not it's rented. Better than him liking the kids. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> it's better than yeah. that. No, Fucking it's uh, it's funny. In the city of Chicago, there's obviously a million schools, but there are apartments I've gone to look at, thought to rent, and I'm like, it's just too many kids. I just can't. Yeah. I can't be around these kids. I can't have. I just can't have that. It gets loud at random times during the day and, and just dropping like, off and yeah, picking up and uh, fuck that. No, yeah, it's uh, there are too many kids. There are too many humans on earth. Yeah, um, too many people walking their dogs at the same time in my neighborhood. What's that about? Or buddy? getting in the elevator at the same time? Yeah, you know, like we're in a stop. we're in a tall building now. I live in a tall building. Have you been to my apartment? I've never been to your okay. apartment. Well, you'll you'll come at some point. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's three elevators for twenty eight floors. So Jesus. you get real close and yeah. personal. You get <laughs> real close and personal with your neighbors. And, and my building is actually a co-op. That's so, two elevators too little, by the way. For oh, people, well, people who, are, who aren't doing the math, right? Well, one like, of them is almost always on the, you know, not working as well. So that, that makes it more interesting. Yeah, but my, my building probably demographically does not match like what is now Wicker Park. You know what is now like hipster park? Yeah, so still the part it's still the part that didn't get touched with gentrification. It hasn't yeah. quite gentrified yet, and it'll be interesting to see how that changes. But you know the the handful of people that have been in my place have usually pointed out that yeah. they notice a demographic shift, like right as you walk through the door. Uh, but again, for me, I'm like that's a good thing. Like, yeah, the same reason you know, op- like Chicago in general is a place to be a creative person. Yes. There are so many people with so in New York as well, for that matter, yeah. as we were just talking about people with tons of resources, people with no resources. And it's just like this amazing melting pot where people can have these different perspectives. And hopefully in these creative forums, whether it's an open mic or whether it's a show or whether it's a sketch show or whether it's, you know, improv that, you know, people can bounce these perspectives off each other. And hopefully like we can grow, you know, as uh as a segment of the population. I think more people should be creative. I think if more people were creative, we'd probably kill each other less. Yeah. We'd probably be a little more compassionate to our, you know, fellow people. Um, it's funny to me that like, you know, people slam, uh, some segment of our, you know, populace slams people who are trying to move to get a better situation. Yeah. Meanwhile, our own senators, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll go to the next country over to improve their situation, albeit on a tr- temporary basis. Temporary ale- basis, alleged, but allegedly. allegedly yeah. But it's like, wait, aren't you the person who is like fighting to put a wall up to yes. keep people from being able to do what you just did? I mean, we're totally dating this podcast by doing this, but fuck it. It's relevant because there's a possibility they're going to run that motherfucker for president in 2024. Oh, they're going to... And it's just like, but don't forget what he's doing right now. Like, really? Come on. Well, this is the hard part about um, sometimes I notice about young people is they have very strong willed ideas. And in the spirit, I will agree with that. I just want to qualify something just real quick. Okay. And by the way, when I say they, I refer to any political party. Okay. I don't, I have no bias. They're all, they all suck. They're both fucking equally terrible. They're just serving you shit in different packages. They're all anybody 
who believes that this system is really what fucking matters. It doesn't. It's a fucking facade. Lizard people. Lizard people <laughs> run shit. It's not a fucking game. They're the, they have much longer lifespans, and they're playing the long game of human enslavement. And every time you talk on your phone and you look at the news, that's supposed to make you react in a certain way and buy shit in a certain way and fucking invest in a certain way like my boy Canute does, okay, and smoke weed to make you stupid and die. So guess what? That is by design, my man. Keep doing it, though. Keep thinking that this line of division that we have in this fucking country, (laughs) keep thinking that matters. Keep thinking that race matters. It doesn't. There's people who are rich, and there's people who aren't, and you're in the aren't if you're listening to my podcast, and you have zero power. Why do you have zero power? Because you don't have a million dollars to throw at somebody to get your fucking thing across in a way that actually effectively matters. Your Facebook posts aren't fucking doing it. You're Hashtags aren't doing it. We're slaves. Know that. Live it. <laughs> Fuck as much as you can. Eat as much White Castle as possible. Epic Cheat Day podcast. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I, I completely agree with you. And <laughs> and it's funny because the example that I used about several super large companies yeah. incorporating offshore and not paying taxes, yes. that didn't happen under a Republican administration. Yeah. That happened under Democratic administrations. Exactly. Okay. The Clintons are dirty, dirty motherfuckers. Okay. They are. They got caught out with that shit. Everybody who becomes president becomes filthy rich fucking afterwards. Doesn't matter who's the fucking president. They suck and they don't care about you. Period. Anybody who's above alderman. Okay, in terms of being an elected official, has already gone against so many of the principles that made them want to become elected in the first place. They've already sold out. Okay, at that point, and that's fucking aldermen. Aldermen, right now, you can walk up to them and talk to them, and they have done dirty, dirty shit to get that position. Every single fucking one of them, all politicians, absolutely suck. They're horrible devil people that are sucking the lizard people dick. Know it. So let me ask you this, because this is what I think a lot about. This is what I think a lot about. The, The hard part is looking at the history of civilizations you notice these patterns, right? Yes. That there's always segments of oppressed people and that oftentimes the um, the largesse that, that accrues to one small little sliver, the people who get to live like gods, all of the, these other people have to have some level of suffering for a very small amount of people to live like gods. Now, the interesting thing about our society right now is that I think people have this thought that, you know, well, the way the government's set up and actually, you know, we have a lot more autonomy. And, you know, if you just get out there and work hard without looking at the the broader picture and noticing, you know, it is kind of funny how a thousand years ago in medieval Europe, there was this small percentage of people that got to live like gods and do whatever <laughs> they did. And then there was the rest of everyone yeah, and then fighting go- for the scraps. Jump yeah. a thousand years ahead right now. Yeah. Look at COVID. How yeah. many people are struggling and you don't even see it on the news? Nope. You don't even see, he read about it in the paper. Um, you know, the, the, I think I saw uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, the number of people that are behind on rent or mortgages is like 20%. Oh, totally. Meanwhile, I've been looking at condos and the prices aren't coming down. So I'm like, who are these people that have these resources? And again, because I'm aware of a very small sliver of people that have benefited just from stuff I've interacted on, I'm aware that there is an immense amount of wealth out there. Yeah. 
whether that translates into general prosperity for the, the masses really becomes up to the masses. If they don't do anything to, you know, change the course of the what where we're going well, it's the, not going to change because well, there's no incentive for the exactly. people who have all the resources to Ex change it exactly and that's the other thing too it's like what's the impetus to do so if i'm constantly worrying about what political party you're on okay and what race that person is and what gender that person identifies with if i'm worried about all this other shit and we're arguing the semantics on those things why are we ever going to coalesce to be one unit to be like this hey i want what you have motherfucker i'm taking it now we're never going to do that it is designed the way that it is for a reason and i say lizard people i'm being fucking ridiculous with that and i'm aware of it that's my like underlying belief but if you're telling me that the, the because that just based off the wealth disparity alone that it's not designed in a way that fucking absolutely rewards the smallest amount possible and keeps the lessers as divided as possible you're out of your fucking mind okay so keep thinking when you go to the polls and you're fighting for the you're voting for the lesser of two evils that you're actually fucking participating in what you consider to be democracy it's bullshit it's a fraud it's a sham anyway well i think the i think your point to me this is how i would summarize yeah. what you just said is voting is not enough yeah it's voting not. is not enough putting a hashtag and something on facebook is not enough most likely the people that are your friends on Facebook that yeah. actually see that already think the same way as you. Yeah. And Facebook, unfortunately, um, there's it's a great Netflix way, movie. Yeah. It's designed to become an echo chamber. Why? Because it keeps your eyes glued to the screen longer. That's all they all care about. All Facebook care about is how long are you on Facebook a day? That's all media they, cares you, about, by the way. In uh, well, of course, yeah, yeah. every media channel. But yeah. Facebook has a unique advantage because not only is it about keeping you attached to it with media stories that they can select that they think will will you know tickle your fancy yeah but you can also keep up on what your friends media is consuming exactly how crazy would it be to turn on 60 minutes on a sunday and be able to from your interface see who of your friends is also watching 60 minutes at that time well that's that's well, what well, facebook has that and power that, and that's why this podcast is going to blow up because people are going to talk about it <laughs> and they're going to talk about the epic cheat day podcast and they're going to get at white castle to sponsor me i'm doing this for sponsorship dollars and free white castle and by the way white castle if you're listening to this uh, um, yeah, I had a very shitty, weird life. There's no Jared story that's going to happen that you guys could fucking get me on in 20 years. Uh, I, however, I, I will say that there, I, there was, I think every guy goes through a creepy period. So yeah, <laughs> if you want to hit me up about the creepy period, I actually have a legitimate reason for my creepy awkwardness. Unlike some other guys who just hate women because they secretly want to fuck their moms. Uh, yeah, I actually have a real reason for my shit. If you ever want to talk about it, White Castle, get at me at the Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail, Facebook, Instagram. One thing about White Castle, I wonder if you've ever seen this because I know I know you're an aficionado. Yes. So one year, thank you for qualifying that <laughs> aficionado of White Castle. <laughs> one year, I was flying to I think it was California on on Thanksgiving, oh, and there it was flying out of Midway Airport. I fly yeah. Southwest, and there's a White Castle just south of where Midway Airport is yes. uh, on Cicero Avenue. So I went into the Cicero. I was like, I got to eat something. I don't want to pay the inflated airport rates because, you know, yeah. I, I'm uh, 
<laughs> one of the tribe by association. By association. I am, I am very frugal. We Let's just say you, that. By the way. Yes, thank you. Uh, hopefully, my girlfriend's family does too. Ooh, uh, we'll see. I didn't know you were dating I, a Jew. That brings up a whole other thing to talk about in general. Her That's... dad basically asked me at one of the most recent like get-togethers if I had a foreskin, and finally I was just like, "Yes, yes I have a foreskin." Like I just. I couldn't, I couldn't keep the charade up any longer. So uh, we're talking about uncut cocks here over at the F and Chite podcast. Well, well, here before we get to before we get to uh, before we get to foreskin, I'll just say so. White Castle had this sandwich in it. I will never forget it. It was, mind you, Thanksgiving time. I think it was like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Might have even been Thursday morning. But the sandwich was a Thanksgiving dinner in Stop. one sandwich. No. It no. was turkey with a little mashed potatoes and a little like cranberry. And I remember Where the fuck was I doing I will, this? I, I don't know, but I will take you I there will, if they do it this year. Oh, I promise man. you. We can do a, sh- a show on site. Even. We should do a but show on site. Derek, there. here's the crazy yeah. part. I'm thinking to myself, these like, are they evil or are they beautiful? Because the evil part is some marketing person is sitting in White Castle's, you know, Castle number one, yeah. and thinking, how can we really get people to come in and spend more money right now during the holidays? I know our poor sap customers probably don't have Thanksgiving dinner at home. <laughs> they, they don't have $50 in a nice kitchen to prepare that. But you know what they do have? They have $1.29. <laughs> That, okay. They can take their four, whatever, their kids or their family, and they can roll and everybody can get their turkey dinner in their $1.29 sandwich. And I and just yes, thought, they're evil for it, but they, it, within that evil, they created something that's so majestic and beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what. I and got I one. S- I got one. And that was my thing. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't like the sweet so much with the salt. Like really? I, in general, like I would have done the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the gravy and the stuffing with and left the the sweet out. So I kind of like that juxtaposition with the sweet and salty, but I get it. I get. I, I think get the majority is with you it. in terms yeah. of like liking that sweet, but for whatever reason, I guess I'm a purist when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner in a sandwich. Yeah. Like you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> a purist. He's a purist. for Thanksgiving Save the dinner, cranberries yeah. for my dessert, which is the milkshake, right? Like <laughs> you know, that's good. Yeah, have a cranberry milk. White Castle, listen, this is why you should be listening to this podcast because we are innovating for you. Fuck your marketing team. All you got to do is just hit me up with some of those sweet, sweet, sweet White Castle dollars and uh, I'll market the shit out of products and we'll innovate for you. Well, they've got the Impossible Burger too. I've had that. I've had that. Yeah. You have had. I thought it was actually pretty good. I haven't had it there. I had it at Burger King though. Burger King has like the nicer one, what yeah. it looks like. But the White Castle one is is small, but it it's good. I went by the Bridge Bridgeview Court, no Markham Courthouse. Okay, there's a White Castle by the Markham Courthouse, and Markham nice. um, has been on some in some rough times, so there's not many places to choose to get food. So White Castle is where people. So White go Castle to is the default, yes. The default. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's how many how much time has passed. Oh, we we've been talking for a minute though. We got twelve minutes. I was like, well, I mean, fucking like, how much longer? How much longer do you want to talk, Rob? How much? How hungry are you, Canute? How much longer do you want us to You're be in there? Forty-five. Yeah. So it's up to it's up to you guys. Like, what do you want to do? Um, I have no. I mean, we can. You know, I tell you what. Um, I have been listening to your podcast, a handful of other Thank podcasts, and I don't know if any of your audience feels this way, but I'll just say this. Part of reaching out to Derek, obviously I already knew Derek, but you know, for me anyway, and I say this as a person who's working, I can only imagine the pressure if you're unemployed right now, but like your podcast and a handful of other really good ones, it's like, will get me through the day sometimes. Like, 
listening Thank to you, listening to the one you did with um, Jamal. Yeah, I was like floored by that. I was so floored by that. I have another comedian friend who you both know, but I won't name drop because he's yeah. had some hardships and he's now back, hopefully getting on the scene. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you need to sit down and listen to this. Like, this is what's going on right now. He's been out of the scene maybe 18 months. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This is what you have to do to like get your finger back on the pulse. Is somebody I want to have as a guest? 100%. In fact, I I made him sit down and listen to it because I was like, I'm going to help you, you know, to the extent I can help you with, you know, get you help get you back set up. Um, And this, I think, is part of just the emotional process of like getting back to tapping into stuff that is creative but it's also an outlet for all of these stressful and negative emotions that you know are, are unfortunately like rampant right now yeah i mean it it's you know it's hard enough it's to get so through a chicago right now winter too. yeah chicago winter is bad, bad. exactly then you add the pandemic then you add economic crisis then you add crazy people storming the capital yeah. by the way it, it, it's doesn't weather it seem, anomalies you have left and right too doesn't I it seem like simpler times when that dude blew up three blocks in nashville yes I was yes. driving here and i was like damn that dude blew up three blocks and it seems like it might as well have been 20 years ago because we've totally already, we've already forgotten about it. Yeah. We've already forgotten about it because so much new shit has happened. And I hope that that pattern won't continue. What I really think is going to happen is once they get the next wave of vaccines, there's going to be some really, really good times coming yeah. like, you know, I love end of optimism, April, man. May, June. I mean, dude, I don't see that. I just, I, I, I want to believe it. I just, I just see it just like, we're, we're stuck in this spiral for years. Well, there's going to be some economic ramifications, but, yeah. you know, the only reason that Social Security exists is because of the New Deal. Yeah. The only reason the New Deal exists yeah. is because of the Great Depression. Great Depression. Yeah. So it's, of course, no one wishes for bad things to happen, but if the response to bad things is developing a more constructive, you know, society, yeah. a, a more supportive society, a society that seems more equitable, then fuck it. The way, L- let's go through the shit because and, and unfortunately, it, how changes. unfortunate though with human nature that that's the way we evolve. We evolve through hardship more so than actually having foresight and saying, "Oh, we can do something about this now." It's going to be like this with the environment. It's just, we're going to be doing things retroactively after the fact instead of being proactive. Oh, 100 percent. You know? And you know, that's I think a function of the human condition, and that's what I think. Like the performers, the creative people that I see that really like get to me yeah are the ones that tap into that absolutely like, there's something about the human condition i don't care how much money you make once you've crossed over the threshold of you're making more than what you need yeah that there's an element of guilt that associates with that yeah it's different for everyone totally. some people i think maybe either naturally selfish or or encouraged to be selfish and so they feel a little less guilt than someone who is grew up with people with a range of resources but um, there's something about the human condition. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> um, you may be dating a beautiful, lovely, uh, ama- you know, an amazing human being, but you give it enough time and you'll start to wonder, is this the right one? Yeah. <laughs> is there something better no out there? No matter how cool did I do something wrong? Are. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's something that I think if people were more open about, if they were more honest about it, if they, you know, were more 
aware of their own biases. Um, it's biased for me to see three, you know, African-American teenagers and I'm like, I better lock the doors. Are these kids going to carjack me? Yeah. You know, take my girlfriend's car. How embarrassing is that phone call going to be? Uh, but, at, <laughs> but at the same time, if I walk into an open mic and I order a $12, you know, scotch. Yeah that someone else at that mic is like, who is this person who is trying to like make me feel bad by ordering a $12 drink? And it's like, no, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no animosity there. I'm just trying to do me and you're probably trying to do you yeah. and they are trying to do they. And, you know, we don't have to be as, you know, uh, like negative towards each other just because we're not doing it the way someone else wants you thank you, you i just want to just stress this out that because i've had a conversation very very recently very recently with somebody about not comparing and not worrying about what the other guy's doing and of course not shitting on somebody else for doing it differently than you i mentioned this in, in a little bit on the jamal episode but like i uh, having the experience and by the way thank you so much for being a brand ambassador for the epic tuesday podcast if it did make that comics feel better if you know i'm, sh I'm sure it did i'm Good. sure it did I'll, I'll tell you more over lunch and Absolutely. maybe it'll come up and he'll hopefully be a guest at some point or okay. they will he or she or they or they or they we got we're covering all of our bases here but uh yeah like so i uh for a long period of my life like i was around some of the wealthiest people in the world right um and uh this one family in particular and it's what people don't understand is their hardships yes are different but it's scalable. So things that they consider hard, just because you don't consider it hard doesn't mean that's not something that's a challenge for them. Okay. Just like something like even me, like I, you know, I definitely, I live a little, I live just around the poverty line, right? Uh, based off my last year's tax returns. Um, you know, I could say that. And it's just like, for me, I, I live comfortable, com I live comfortable enough by my standards, but by the standards of actually the majority of the world, I live like a fucking king. Totally. Okay. 100%. And Poor next people time, in next America time you turn cable. the faucet on and free water just shoots out. That's a luxury for most of the world. So, uh, sorry. I, well, I, no, I, I, I was going to say, I mean, this is one of the other things about income inequality. It's like you can look at it on a, on a level of countrywide. Yeah. But if you look at it like across the globe, it's shocking to see the disparity. Here's another example. You know, people are upset about people line jumping for vaccines and whatever. I totally get that that's a frustrating thing. Yeah. I want to get the vaccine. If there was one right here on the table, I'd probably jam it in my arm. Yeah. It's just natural human nature. But, you know, to me, what is the much greater, you know, offense, if you will, toward, you know, the, yeah. the, what, what is more offensive to me is some person who believes in justice. There are over 100 countries who haven't gotten one shot. That's crazy. Not a single shot. I didn't so you even know that pissed. statistic. You yeah, can be exactly. pissed that the rich kid, you know, the rich parents you're, came in from the suburbs exactly. and got a shot downtown. You're at least going to get a fucking shot. But you're going to get yeah. a shot. You may wait two weeks longer or four weeks longer. There are entire countries that haven't it's gotten just one not shot happening. Yet. Yeah, it's um, not happening for the foreseeable future. And and not to uh, not to compare the two, because I remember the quote, which I do want to tell you. Yeah. The, the quote is, comparison is the thief of joy. Wow comparison is the thief of joy so what he's basically saying is if you want to live a miserable 
I hate myself because I'm an artist, comedian, or otherwise existence. Keep comparing yourself to other people because that, that'll just fucking, that'll just completely fuck up your day. Me, when I go to an open mic, when I go to a show, the fucking comparison already stops because there ain't nobody on that fucking show that's doing what I'm doing anywhere near close to as good or as shitty as I'm going to do it that <laughs> night, Okay. So fuck all of that. As long as I have a good time, I could give a fuck about the crowd. I ain't there for them. They're there for me, okay? And guess what? If they don't like what I have that day, they're going to like what I have a different day. If the three other crowds like that fucking joke, but this crowd didn't, guess what? This crowd's wrong because those other motherfuckers laughed, okay? That's three to one. That's just simple math. We're going to wrap it up on that note. Rob, where can people find you if they want to check you out on any social media platforms? Uh, you know, I'm not super big on social media. You are, I think we are Facebook friends. So we are Facebook you, you can friends. find me, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh Bobby Andres, but, um, in terms of shows, we are, uh, eagerly awaiting the all clear to get back to the playground. Um, I'm hoping any, I'm just glad any, person, who's, still a thing, any yeah. person who's been a guest on your show, of course, is welcome to stand up. Any, any person is, is welcome to come in. Pratik uh, Srivastava has done a ton with producing. Hopefully he'll be able to come back and do that role. If not, we'll have to step up and do it. But the, the show is the free for all. It's at 730 on Sundays at the playground, uh, which is on Halstead in Belmont. We've been the longest running free long form improv show in Chicago, if not North America, if not the universe. Hell yeah. All right. And on that note, guys, we're going to go and get make ourselves significantly fatter by chomping down on some dim sum. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Mike, we're good.